You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. This program is brought to you by Kiama Leagues Club, the modern, friendly heart of Kiama. Welcome to Around the Arena's Kiama Community Radio sports program, where you can regularly hear what's happening in sport across the region. At this time of year, sport is dominated by tennis and cricket, both of which can tend to have sports lovers glued to their televisions or radios to find out how the test is going, or is Ash Barty into the next round of the Aussie Open. This week being my last program for 2021, I decided to dedicate the program to cricket and catch up with two of my favourite local cricketing experts, Jackson Sermon, for an update on the local scene, and Bill Peters to get another great story from the cricketing archives. Firstly, I caught up with Jackson at Cavalier Park, just as the covers were coming off in preparation for a second-grade match between Kaima and the Rail. Given all the rain we've had of late, I wanted to find out where the cricket season is up to. Here is that conversation. So this morning I'm uh, talking to Jackson Sermon. It's been terrible the way the, the weather has affected uh, cricket. The guys turn up each week, wet wickets, whatever. Today I'm just trying to get a handle on, on where they're up to. I was quite amazed. I was out at Jambrew earlier today. Their field it looks like it's just about underwater, but I'm hearing that they're playing here at, uh, at Kaima today on a turf wicket. So, Jackson, what's going on this year with cricket? Yeah, thanks, Len. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so with cricket, yeah, we've been a bit... Been a bit struck by the weather this year. It's been a bit unfortunate trying to get off to the start of the season with the, you know, a lot of wet weather cancellations all the way around. You know, the the local cricket association and that. But we've been fairly lucky here at Kaima to have a really good curator at the moment who's been helping us get the wickets ready. And we've had a lot of guys coming up during the week to um, put covers on the wickets. And we've actually been getting a few games on, which has been really good. Where other clubs haven't been getting on, so it has created troubles. And we've got a lot of, you know, a lot of people putting in hard work this year. But yeah, we're just—it's just a weather game this year. So it's just a—it's a competition. So the other clubs having trouble. Have you still got a comp going? I mean, it, you're up to about round five now, and and some of the teams have only played one or two matches. How do you? How does the organisation actually cover off on all that? Yeah, I, I just suppose it just has to. It is what it is. Like, there's not really a lot you can do about the weather, and you know, people not getting on, and you know, playing cricket. But you know, we we just try and do our best every week to try and get our guys on. We know all our guys at Kaima, all the players, the boys, girls, men and the women that we've got playing here at Kaima are all keen to get on and play as many games of cricket as they can. So, you know, we just a lot of them are just willing to put in the time and the effort to make sure it happens. But just around the place though, yeah, I suppose it's just such a hard ask on, you know, volunteers particularly uh, to make sure we get grounds happening. And I suppose we're very lucky at Kaima to have some really good volunteers in our club that put some time in and get things happening but yeah across the whole competition it's uh it is a bit of a task um, but I'm sure I'm hoping that you know in the new year and after Christmas and that you now we can get a bit of better weather happening and hopefully get a few more games on that's our that's our hope anyway okay so last year first grade nearly were just just shy of the finals second grade they they got up didn't they yeah that's right last year so we got up second grade in the finals last year hoping for the same this year as well um, and first grade hopefully we can get there too and what about the juniors? How are they going, the younger ones? The juniors are going pretty well. They're, they're the same thing. They've been struck a little bit by the weather, obviously. Playing on synthetics, they, they can get on a bit easier. But we've had some good results. I think last year, last week, one of the juniors got a century in under-13s, which was a first in the new formats that we've got playing for the last few years. So um, massive, um, massive to sort of hit a century in the young grades. And 
a few good performances happening throughout our junior ranks and a lot of kids getting picked in rep teams as well, which is always a good thing coming out of Kaima as well. Oh, that's terrific. That's really great. Now, you, you've uh, expanded your, your influence across the Kaima district over the winter months. Cole Rathbone moved on from the Kaima District Sports Association and, and you've taken on the, the, the role of being the booking, booking officer. Yeah, the book the role, yeah. It's sort of a new role within the Kaima District Sports Association, obviously. Um, with Cole moving on after 43 years, it's, it's, a, it's sort of a very big loss to Kaima District Sports Association in one way, but I know Cole's still around and still lending a hand where he can, which is really great. But yeah, I know just to sort of relieve the burden on new president Craig Scott and the secretary John Dawson, I think it was something they wanted to look at implementing for this year. So yeah, I'm happy to help out and be a part of it. And yeah, I'm just happy to help out where I can. Well, that, that's fantastic. So I wish you well, Jackson. I really do hope that the, the season picks up after Christmas and, and you get on and play some stuff. The, the Aussies are doing okay. Yeah, they're going pretty well at the moment. I think they're about... I think they're either, I'm watching it sort of at the moment while we're up here at Cavalier Homes Park today in Kaima talking about this, but um, no, we've, I think they're about six down at the moment at the Poms, so... Oh, okay. We're, we're looking pretty good, the Aussies at the moment. You guys never take your, your eye off the cricket, eh? Oh, no, we're always watching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for talking to me today, Jackson. I really I really look forward to our chats, and I, I do wish you well for Christmas and also uh, the Kaima Cricket Club for, the, for this year. No worries. Thanks very much, Glenn. Merry Christmas to you as well. ACR, Kiama Community Radio.org. For the community, by the community. With cricket being my focus this week, I couldn't finish the year without getting Bill Peters, this program's cricket historian, to take us back in time to when there was no mobile phones, credit cards, and dare I say, climate change concerns. If you like Bill's reflections as much as I do, you can hear more of him by searching. Bill Peters slashing through the covers on Google. Thanks, Bill. Who doesn't want to be a hero? There's that saying that goes, not all heroes wear capes. But on the sports field, there isn't anyone amongst us who hasn't had that desire to be the person who could win the game for their team. And even better if it can be a big game. Well, games don't come much bigger than finals to decide a premiership. And sometimes it takes a hero to win it. In the first ever South Coast District season in 1946-47, Kaima took on Jamboree in the second grade final. During the regular season, both teams had won one of their clashes, but it was Jamboree who went into the game as slight favourites. The final began on Saturday afternoon, March 8th, 1947, at the neutral Shell Harbour Ground. Jamboree won the toss and elected to bat, and late on that first Saturday afternoon, they were dismissed for just 107 runs, with Hamilton top scoring of 28 and Ron Smith taking a tidy 5 for 18 for Kiama. There was tragedy for the Kiama team though, as John East's final was over just halfway through the first afternoon, when he collided with teammate Fred Pepper in attempting to take a catch. The force of the impact broke East's right forearm immediately. Both men then fell to the ground, but with East clutching his arm and unable to retain any balance, he crashed to the turf, and in the process broke his left collarbone as well. Apart from the shock it must have produced for those playing, it now also meant that for the remainder of the final, Kaima was now down to just 10 men. Kaima's reply began late on that first afternoon, and though they lost one of their opening batsmen, Artie Pepper, just before stumps, a scoreline of 1 for 14 chasing 107 left the match evenly poised after the first afternoon. Unfortunately, on the second Saturday, Jamboree reasserted their authority and bowled Kaima out for just 64, and a deficit of 43 runs. 
Eric Frederick starred to finish with 4 for 38 from a marathon spell of bowling. The one saving grace for the Kymer side was that finals were played as timeless matches in those days. In other words, they were played every Saturday afternoon until an outright result had been achieved. This of course could work against you, as Alvin Park was to discover in the following season's first grade final, if a side just battered and battered. But it also meant that you would have the chance to chase down a target at some stage. For Kymer to remain in the match, they needed their bowlers to again dismiss their opponents for a low total. Chamberlain's second innings followed a similar course of that of Chamberlain's first innings. Small partnerships ensued, but none were allowed to blow out to become a major match winner. 22 runs from Hamilton and 23 runs from Gibson were the mainstay of the middle order, but with little else coming from the tail, Jambrew finally succumbed to be dismissed for 112 in their second innings, right on stumps of the second Saturday, an overall lead of 155. To win the match, Kymer would have to produce the highest innings of the match. Not only that, they would have to do it with only nine batsmen, for not only was John East not available to bat, but Alton Tui now pronounced that he would be unavailable to play on the following Saturday. Tough days indeed for the Kyama side. Just over an hour into their reply on the following Saturday, and Kyama, for all intents and purposes, were cooked, reduced to 6 for 44, with a top order swept away. Ned McAdam and John McDonald took the total to 101 before McAdam was bowled, but despite the excellent partnership, the game was as good as over. Artie Pepper joined his 18-year-old companion at the crease to begin the final partnership of the 1946-47 second-grade final. He was Kymer's final available batsman. Both sides knew it, and surely the Jan Brew team had already begun to celebrate the victory, if only in their minds at this stage. However, no one could have predicted the course of the match was about to take. It is a difficult thing to imagine just what the two batsmen were feeling at this time. Perhaps they still believed that they had a chance of a famous victory. Artie Pepper had opened the batting in the first innings, and John McDonald had been one of the leading batsmen for the team all season. It was a tall order, but not unachievable. The previous partnership of 56 had proven that. If they could achieve the same again, they would be the victors. Fredericks and Hamilton bowled on, pushing the limits of their fitness and tenacity. At one end, Pepper stood with solid bat, not scoring any runs, but offering no chances either. He had dug himself in, willing to play the anchor role and confident in the burgeoning ability of his 18-year-old partner at the other end to force the issue and find a way to come up with the runs that were required. At the other end, John McDonald had taken on the senior partner role and was playing the innings of his life. He had begun to look to be more enterprising, knowing that one mistake could spell the end of either his or Pepper's innings. As the bowlers tied, he lifted his own intensity by turning singles into twos and trying to retain the strike for the start of every new over. When that wasn't possible, Pepper stonewalled through the following over, refusing to budge and leaving the rest for his partner. Two consecutive boundaries from one Hamilton over brought the inevitable change in the bowling attack as the game began to leak away from the home side. Incredibly by this stage, the partnership had risen to 45, and with the momentum of the match having turned 180 degrees again, Jamboree's final roll of the dice had to be a good one. Unfortunately for Jamboree, they were unable to turn back the rising tide. McDonald was nerveless as he took seven, over, seven runs from a single Harris over before a boundary in the following over hit confidently over the field that had been brought in to stop the inevitable, brought up the winning runs. There was one remarkable aspect to that premiership-winning unbroken partnership for the 8th wicket. Of the 56 runs scored, not one came from Artie Pepper, who remained undefeated on zero. 
John McDonald had scored 53 runs and there had been three sundries. McDonald finished on 80 not out in what must have been considered one of his best ever innings. Kymer won by the official margin of three wickets, but it was truly a victory by the slimmest margin of one wicket in a final that lived up to its billing, and the team was presented with the first second grade trophy in the SCDCA competition. In cricket results, congratulations to the Australian men's cricket side who dispensed with England in less than four days in the first Ashes test to take a 1-0 lead. The teams now move to Adelaide for a day-night test commencing on Thursday. The women's commence their tests and one-day series in January, so look out for those matches. And in local cricket over the weekend, Kymer first grade got plenty of exercise in the field on Saturday as they chased the rails four for 265. A masterful 135 from rails Kieran Gilly took plenty of shine off the ball. Kiama could only manage 6 for 136 in a rain-shortened 36-over match. Best for Kiama was Jaya Hartgerink with 29 not out. In second grade, Kiama won the toss and went on to defeat the rail at Cavalier Park, scoring 6 for 160. At Oakley Field, 61 runs to Scott Groves, 5 for 34 to Joel Murphy and 3 for 14 to Callum Horton-Smith helped Jeringong to win their first grade game against the Cookers. Jeringong, 9 for 200 to the Cookers, 136. Given this is my final program for 2021, brought to you by the Kaima Leagues Club and put together in the opulent surrounds of the Around the Arena's sports studio, I'd like to thank the management of KCR for allowing me to indulge my passion for sport and also thank everyone who has been part of this program and also to you, the listener. I hope you'll join me in 2022 and be part of the evolution of KCR as we transition from being podcast-based to a community station streaming and broadcasting live across the Kaima LGA. I'll be back around the end of January 2022, so if you want your sport to be part of the program, contact me at kcradiocontent at gmail.com. I'm Glenn Shepherd, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas and hoping that 2022 will be a better time for all of us. Bye for now. This program is brought to you by Kiama Leagues Club, the modern, friendly heart of Kiama. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kayama Community Radio.